everybody, and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. This is your host, Ryan Hanley. Uh, I have dropped Marty Agather from the show again in exchange for an upgrade. We have Nathan Rydell, the Vice President of Political Affairs for the Independent Insurance Agents and Brokers of America. Nathan, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, Ryan? We're doing very well, other than the fact that it's not even November yet, and I just looked out my window here at my house since I work from my home, and it's snowing in upstate New York, which does not make me happy. Uh, well, I'm honored that you would say that I'm an upgrade from Marty, and I uh, hope he doesn't hold that personal. He's uh, he's used to, and so is the audience. For some reason, the audience of this show believes that I, tr- I give Marty too hard a time, so I just like to perpetuate that since it's already the belief. Very nice. <laughs> so the reason I wanted to have you on the show, I'm going to tell I'm a little little lead up um, just for just for the people listening at home, and then uh, I want to I want to get into um, what you do at the Big Eye, and, and in particular um, in Washington. But uh, so I've been uh, a member either through um, the agency that I worked for as an agent, um, my wife's family's agency, uh, or now uh, with TrustedChoice.com. I've been a member uh, of the Big Eye for ten years. And uh, for the first like four or five years, I, I didn't really go to any meetings. I was just a struggling agent. It wasn't really a culture in our office of going to uh, kind of big eye, either local or uh, national events. Um, but I actually went to an event. Um, I was invited to speak. I want to say it was San Antonio. Can't actually remember. It doesn't matter. It was one of the, the leadership conferences. And um, uh, it, was, it was actually uh, Charles. Um, who was up on stage talking about uh, the political affairs team and what you guys do and talking about flood and talking about a few other issues that you had been involved in and educating um, congressmen and senators up on the Hill and some of the change that you guys were able to get. Uh, or actually, it wasn't, it wasn't change. You had brought back something that was incredibly important to me as an agent. And I sat there and I, and I said to myself, holy crap, like how come no one knows about these guys? Like this is insane. Like the the things that you're doing that that the that the rank and file agent and, and and I don't blame them that just they don't understand how important the work you're doing. So I just I want to say that's what got me so incredibly interested in and and the stuff that you guys do and why I was excited to have you on the show. I'm gonna pepper you with questions. I hope you're prepared for that and uh, and why I wanted to kind of get what you guys are doing out in front of our own audience just because I think a lot of people take full advantage of the work you guys do and I don't mean that in a negative sense you know they're using it in their everyday work you know the the different um, laws and you know stuff that's put into place or that's removed uh, for the betterment of our industry and um, I don't think they realize what you guys do so maybe you could start there what is it that that you do yeah absolutely well uh, thank you for that lead-in Ryan Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head and um, you know a lot of agents out there just I mean they're they're taking care of their customers, their book. You know, if you're a young agent, you're uh, you're trying to figure out how to become an agency owner. You know, in perpetuation. If you're an older agent, and, and um, you know, in many ways, if uh, if agents don't know what we're doing, you know, in some ways that means we're we're doing our job. You know, if, if their uh, livelihood isn't being affected too much. Um, but you know, you also touched on seeing it in action and uh, and really experiencing it firsthand. You know. Uh, hearing our message and uh, hearing, you know, a member of our team tell their story as Charles did at that event. Um, one of the things that I pride myself on, you know, and the big eye prides itself on is our yearly legislative conference 
that uh, happens usually in April or May of every year, having close to a thousand agents come into Washington D.C. to see what InsurePAC and the political operations and the legislative team does on a daily basis back here. Uh, I'll, sh I'll throw out a quick plug for that, and uh, that's going to be on May 3rd through the 5th of 2017. So definitely be on the lookout for that, you know, and, and find more resources on that if you're interested um, on the Big Eyes website. Um, I will mention on that we also offer scholarships that uh, that go to young agents as well as grassroots uh, scholarships. So uh, we certainly want to help people get back to D.C. and uh, take part in it um, personally, you know, so that I, I feel that when people leave D.C., you know, they're fired up, they want to learn more and get even more engaged. And so uh, those are all positive things because the strength of our association are the numbers that we have. Um, now, I know I got off track a little bit, but you asked me what, what we do on a daily basis. Uh, me in particular, um, I head up our political affairs which encompasses um, InsurePAC, uh, the agent's Federal Political Action Committee, um, as well as tracking <clears throat> all 435 congressional races. And in any given election cycle, there are usually about 34, 35 Senate races. And uh, this year you know, is unique, obviously, every four years. I also track the presidential election. And so uh, really what I'm trying to do is uh, is give your federal legislative team, the, uh, the individuals that are focusing on the legislation and talking about legislation with congressmen and senators, um, I try and develop relationships as much as I can for those guys and for myself so that we can go into a member office and, uh, and immediately know that they're, they're talking to a, a friend. And a lot of that comes through InsurePAC, our federal political action committee, which develops relationships every day with congressmen, senators, and candidates for federal office. One of the, uh, so a couple things in there. First, the legislative conference is uh, fantastic. I know, um, just because I've been to the last three, and uh, the agents that come through there, in particular, you see a lot, I see a lot of, um, I'll say, uh, movement and mindset from uh, first timers. The first time someone comes to that event and they, they get in and, you know, and everyone's in suits and tights, very you know, formal from the way people dress. And it's just, you know, it's kind of the, the, um, the atmosphere. And then they walk up on the hill and they go meet with all um, their congressmen and senators. And uh, it definitely, it, it gives people a feeling of empowerment, right? Like you're, you're, you're not just back home, you know, yelling at the TV when you're watching CNN or whatever. It's like you're actually in there, you know, trying to affect change in, in some way, shape, or form uh, or just solidify relationships that have been in place. And uh, it definitely is a phenomenal event. Um, and I would encourage everyone to go to that. And just the other people you meet there are, are all uh, very good. But um, so one, uh, maybe this would help put people uh, or put uh, frame people's mind around uh, what goes on. Um, one of the, the big issues that I know was up a few years ago and, and um, within the realm of what you can talk about, I, I don't I know all the rules, but was uh, flood insurance and the work. And I know um, your, your group was incredibly influential in helping bring flood insurance back when there were some questions about whether it would or not. Um, can, can maybe could you use that issue or a different just in context of how you guys did your work to, to bring this, this uh, tool back for us and, and help our clients? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Uh, 
as you know, and, and a lot of listeners know, the uh, National Flood Insurance Program has to be renewed every couple years. Uh, sometimes they talk about a, a six-month extension, sometimes a, a year or multi-year ex- extension. Uh, the next one is coming up in 2017, so we're going to be uh, replaying this story. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get it done a little bit easier than last time, but uh, with any major piece of legislation like that, and uh, flood definitely breaks down on geographical lines, you know, where it's not necessarily a uh, Republican or a Democrat issue, you know, but flood is definitely very much a, a regional issue. You know, if you're on the coast, uh, it's going to be very important to you and your constituents. And so uh, what we generally do with the help of InsurePAC is we develop relationships with these members um, you know, we see them on the fundraising circuit. You have the uh, the legislative, you know, time in D.C. where your members are in their office, they're meeting with constituents. Uh, but then you also have um, breakfasts, lunches, dinners, receptions. Uh, it's kind of like a glorified, you know, social circuit where uh, where the more funds you have in your political action committee. Um, the more events you can hit, the more relationships you can develop, the more business cards you can exchange. And uh, just like relationships are important you know, with agent uh, customers, they're important with uh, congressmen and senators. And so uh, when flood insurance came, when the re- last renewal came about, uh, we were having a little bit of difficulty and um, you know, breaking through uh, a few roadblocks you know, that, that a few members of Congress were putting up. And so... Uh, we were able to go to to several members of leadership of the uh, House leadership, and uh, and they carried a lot of water, you know, no pun intended for us. Uh, but we were, you know, again because of the relationships we had developed, we were able to just uh, just go to them and say, look, this is our top priority. We really need you to weigh in on this for us and uh, and help move the ball forward. And uh, and that made it much easier. Uh, because, you know, A, they know that, you know, we've got quarter million constituents out there. Uh, but then, you know, B, another important part of grassroots is is they know that the power that we have politically, because they see so many agents throughout the country uh, investing in, in SurePAC, uh, so they know that we're, you know, we're not just a, uh, uh, you know, an, an operation that, that puffs ourselves, you know, with, with no substance behind it, which you have a lot of those in D.C., uh, you've actually got some other, you know, Asian groups that do that too. But um, you know, both us, they they really saw the power of the grassroots behind it, and uh, and that helped us significantly. It sounds like uh, so much of it of it is it's like awareness to what's going on, right? Because these guys get bombarded. I mean, the issues that are important to us are one little sliver of a pie of issues that that you know a congressman or a senator might be hit with. So, and again, I, this is I'm just trying to frame it in my mind, and and you kind of correct me where I'm wrong. But it it seems like so much of it is is just getting the issues in front of them, so that and just saying, hey, look, you know. You know, we got X amount of, uh, of agents across the country. We 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 march with a thousand every every April or or May, and you know this is this is something that's on their minds and and very important. And and if you don't bring it to their attention, then the other things will kind of sweep it away. Is that is that a good way to kind of to frame it? Or yeah, that's a great way of framing it. Uh, you know, take a uh, a congressional office for example. I mean, they have. You know, you may be one of five or six congressmen in your state, and uh, in any given day, you have 
hundreds of constituents you know in town wanting to meet with you you have uh, thousands of voices in DC special interest voices you know they're trying to get your ear on on anything you know on any given day and uh, those groups that are able to break through the clutter and the noise are usually the most effective ones in DC um, and you know I'm, I'm proud to say that uh, that the big eye uh, has been very effective on on the legislative battles that we've we've uh, chosen or that have come to us, and uh, you know that speaks volumes that we're able to cut through all that clutter that's out there. Uh, and you know the other thing I'll mention is a lot of times you know the staff relationships that you have. Well, it's not just with the congressman or the senator, you know, but the uh, the staffers in their office are critically important because these are the people that are are trying to break through the noise. You know, they're given the uh, the member of Congress or Senate you know, a daily update on what's going on. And uh, and so our relationships that we're forming here aren't just with the members, but they're also with the staffers who sometimes, you know, are 21, 22 years old. I know a lot of people that come back for the legislative conference are amazed at the average age of Capitol Hill staffer. Uh, so we have to be able to talk to them, you know, in different ways. You know, a, a different message usually resonates, you know, with a different generational um, age of the, the person you're talking to. So, uh, you know, I will say that your federal lobbying team um, is uh, is very effective at delivering a message, you know, that resonates uh, to both your entry-level staffer on the Hill as well as your, you know, seasoned, grizzled lawmaker that may have been here for 30 years. So. Yeah, I actually, uh, this is completely just anecdotal, but I, um, I had a uh, uh, one of my very good friends um, at 26 years old, fell into a um, the director of communications role for a Minnesota senator, uh, who we won't name, but was bonkers, and um, and just the stories of like what goes on in terms. And this is speaking to the amount of communications that hit one of these offices. I mean, he was completely overwhelmed. I mean, first of all, he shouldn't have been in the job in the first place. It was, you know, it was kind of like a fell into a thing, needed somebody kind of deal, but just he would come home because we, we were both young living in D.C. at the time, and, uh, and um, man, he would say, it, we got 10,000 communications just, just today, 10,000. He's like, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, I can get through like 1,000 of them. How do I, <laughs> what happens to the other 9,000? So, you know, it just, this is just reiterating that point that if you guys aren't there and, and knocking on the doors, either figuratively or, or literally, um, there's no way for them to say, well, this issue is more important than this issue or, or even understand how maybe some of their own constituency views a certain issue if, if someone isn't delivering that information to them. Because, um, and, and uh, you know, I heard a stat one time, and I'm not sure if you guys have it or whatever, but you, you have like, uh, your, your team um, has like an incredible success ratio, like some absurd success ratio for the issues that you've gone after. Um, it might have been the same presentation that I saw around uh, flood the flood issue, but um, it's just again I'm going to hit this point, but it's it, this is one of the things that I think the 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 rank and file big eye member doesn't maybe takes a little for granted. And again, I'm not saying that as a knock, and I'm not jumping up and on a soapbox and 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 trying to poke anybody. That's I I just think that. Uh, we we look at sometimes our, our big eye membership and we say you know it's E and O or CE or something and it's yeah those things are nice and, and important for sure but uh, when it really comes down to it our ability to sell insurance in an effective manner is 
is is really based on the work that you guys do. I mean, there could be a law passed. I mean, God knows what some somebody's thinking about. You know, somewhere some congressman or senator comes to the hill with some agenda, um, and they want to get something passed that could change the whole nature of our business. And if there isn't someone like you guys there to uh, not to get apocalyptic, but like defend, you know, defend the realm that we work in, uh, that, that could happen. And, um, and I just think it's, it's very good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to talk to that point on, uh, on one story that I can provide. Yes, please. Um, and I think this will resonate, you know, regardless of where you are geographically. Um, it was uh, about 10 years ago, there was, a, there was a big push on the Hill, uh, even a little bit longer than that, maybe 12 years ago, to uh, create an optional federal charter for the insurance industry, uh, which basically would move uh, the regulation of our industry from the state capitals to Washington, D.C., the Department of Treasury. So we'd be taking you know, a local known insurance commissioner, and uh, it was called optional federal charter, you know, which meant... Insurance carriers would be able to choose whether they were regulated in the states or regulated by the federal government. Uh, you know, but for agents, I mean, it, it would have been duplicative. We would have had state regulation and federal regulation because some of our carriers would choose to be regulated in the state and some at the federal level. And um, and so, you know, the, can you imagine, you know, just having to deal with a federal bureaucrat, you know, may have grown up in Washington, D.C., you know, doesn't have knowledge about crop insurance in the Midwest or, you know, earthquake insurance on the West Coast or flood insurance in Florida and, uh, you know, answering a call from, from you as an agent and, uh, you know, trying to address your concerns instead of your local insurance commissioner. Uh, that's what this piece of legislation would have done. It had about, you know, we fought against it uh, tooth and nail. So at the end of the day, it, it had about 14 co-sponsors um, out of 435 members of the House. Regardless, we said, you know, we cannot let this thing get momentum. And so we used InsurePAC and uh, the power of grassroots, and we went after those members of Congress that signed on to it as co-sponsors. There are about half of them in competitive races, and we went after all of them. And we said, we've just, we've got to send a message. Um, We knocked off six of those co-sponsors, that legislation, we basically cut the number of co-sponsors in half going into the next Congress. And, you know, while a, a 5000 or $10,000 contribution, you know, and a handful of, uh, of individuals, you know, taking action at the grassroots level, you know, probably wasn't, didn't, you know, wasn't the single reason that those members of Congress lost. What it did, it sent a message to the leaders of both the House Republicans and Democrats that, look, if you poke us in the eye, we're going to go after you. And we are still hearing from members in leadership today, you know, that they'll be sitting around at a table and they'll be like, I remember when you went after those members, you know, who were trying to create a federal regulator for insurance. And man, you, you know, you guys sent a message that still resonates over a decade later. And so, you know, a lot of it is your reputation. A lot of it is the buzz that you create and the way you can leverage things, you know, like your grassroots and like your political action committee, like we can leverage InsurePAC you know, really helps uh, create the brand that we have in D.C., you know, when members know something's important to you. You know, they remember that. They have long memories. So, uh, you know, we've been very proud about that, and uh, and we're going to keep fighting like that, you know, on anything that affects the independent agency system. Nathan, where can um, 
where can anyone who's who's just interested is there a place that they that that members can go uh, just to figure out kind of what what the issues are today or or is there a, is there are you do you guys do any webinars or I and and I, and I, I apologize that I that I don't know this but um, is there a place where people can get regular updates on some of the issues that you guys are addressing um, currently? Yeah, we try to address the. Uh update the issues on the uh, national web page under legislative affairs, government affairs, um, as well as InsurePAC, the political, you know, learn a little more about the PAC. There's InsurePAC.com. And, um, you know, we try and update that as, as regularly as we can. Uh, you know, I will say that um, a lot of what we do here is, uh, is killing bad legislation before it, it even, you know, gets momentum. And so... Uh, you know, while there are at any given time, you know, 20 or 30 issues out there that uh, that could affect the independent agency system, we're usually only highlighting five or six um, because we've able to put we've been able to put the other ones, you know, off off the take take them off the table, essentially. But yeah, the national website, you know, is probably the best source to get that, and. Um, I'm also happy to uh, to answer any questions if your listeners ever want to get a hold of me, um, you know, by calling the uh, the national office here. I will have um, you can well you can go to independentagent.com and and you know if you did have any questions you can you can find it there that that's uh, where um, you're going to find out more information as Nathan just referenced. Uh, I am a proud uh, contributor to InsurePack. I'm very uh, happy and. Um, and I guess proud of the work that you guys do for our industry and and the uh, familiar familial relationship that our organizations have. Um, I think you know if it's okay with you, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here and say uh, as we you know maybe maybe once or twice a year, I'd love to have you back on the show just talk about things that are going on. I know you're in the the national election cycle right now, so I'm going to be very um, respectful of your time and, and wrap up the show today. But I think, uh, maybe sometime in the spring or something, we'll have you back on and love to just talk about what's going on and, and, um, and some of the issues that, that maybe you guys are addressing and, and, and what their impact is. I, I think this is, I think this is a topic and, and at least a topic I believe, uh, should be out in front of, uh, our members as an association and, um, and just the, the industry as a whole. So I appreciate your time and, and your candor and sharing a few stories with us. And, uh, and I look forward to speaking again with you, ma'am. That sounds great, Ryan. Thanks for all that you do for the independent system as well. All right, brother. Well, you have a good day, and, uh, and I, I know things are going to get real hectic for you, so uh, we'll get out of here. All right. <laughs>